Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm the better half of your presenting Drew Armstrong within, sitting opposite me, looking like some kind of fucking Mrs. Doubtfire in Hive's. Like, <laughs> uh, <Chris> Mrs. Doubtfire, <laughs> she'd been tangoed. I mean, let me just break it down. Oh, hello, Chris. Like, All right. let, let, let me just break it down, right? Um, he's at home in Margate, right? <laughs> Orange beanie, gamer fucking headset on, <laughs> oh, yeah. matching orange t-shirt, <sighs> and an apron that's got pictures of mushrooms on it. Magic mushrooms, mate. Yeah. What's and it nothing, all about? And nothing else. I weren't going to tell you, but I've literally just been cooking, and, and then it was like, shit, it's one minute too. And then I thought, you know what? I'm proud of this apron. It's a nice apron. So I is it a Kath Kitson one and everything? It's Look at that. Kath Kitson, yes, because I know how to cook. Yeah, and I think it's Molly. I think it's Molly's apron. Let's 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 get real for a second. She knows how to cook. She's she's sorting out the mess that I started. Basically, I was like, got to go now. So yeah, and that's, the orange. That's generally just... the story of most people's uh, relationship with you. It's been mine <laughs> for the last five years. <laughs> Picking up the fucking mess you leave. Um, right. Anyway, before we get on with anything, should we have a word from mm. our sponsors, Christopher? Let's do it, mate. Let's do it. Bangboomcreative.com. That's where you need to go for the very best in film and photography work. Yes, yes. Luke and his team over at Bang Boom have been proud sponsors of ours for a few years now, and we can tell you two things about them. One, their stuff is bloody excellent. They've produced content for the smallest charities to the biggest commercial brands, and it's always Bang on. Yeah, it works. We've seen Luke deliver an epic cinema advert for Pip, amazing photo shoots for the Two Girls One Shot podcast, made the girls look incredible, and of course he's done loads of great stuff for us, great visuals, loads on Instagram. The one he did of me as an Ewok was proper good. And secondly, well, they're just bloody nice people. Uh, Lovely to work with. Lots of companies can kind of take pictures and film something, but not everyone can do it with the sort of passion and, and just ruddy kindness that sets Luke and Bang Boom apart from all the others. So if you need some great visuals from a truly excellent company, please go check out bangboomcreative.com. Proud sponsors of the Hardcore Listing Podcast. 
The world can seem like a strange and sometimes dangerous place, but with Summer Academy helping you with your martial arts training, you'll always feel safe. Dangerous loners are everywhere and usually come across as friendly members of your community. They can be simply doing DIY during the day and podcasting at night. The dangerous loner. They could also be running a well-known nightclub at the same time. Their cloven hoof is scraping behind you. Wrenchy's Simon James has been training karate for over 32 years and teaching for 28. He knows through first-hand experience that martial arts can give you the stress release you've been looking for, as well as teaching life lessons and fitness, and of course, more importantly, peace. At Sama, we teach karate, kickboxing, tai chi and MMA to all ages, from children as young as four-year-olds to the very elderly, even Shu. Rude. Uh, they can cater for all your needs, from just general fitness uh, or a new hobby right the way through to a career in teaching martial arts. They run corporate training days for companies to have as team building exercises as well as local self-defence classes. They even teach a parent and baby self-defence course. That's defence whilst carrying your child, not defence against maniac murder babies. There is absolutely no defence against them. Be aware of that. Chris, where can people find out more about the Summer Academy? Yes, you can find out everything you need over at sama-academy.co.uk. That's S-A-M-A-academy.co.uk. And maybe you'll become a black belt just like me. Uh, hello, this is uh, Chiles, um, Chaz from Love Beer. Uh, and, and I'm here to tell you about why I sponsor uh, Hardcore Listing and what, what love-beer.co.uk does. Uh, I am a fully certified by the British Beer and Pubs Association for bar installation with a focus on home and office bars. I have loads of home bar clients who have really enjoyed the service during lockdown as well as corporate office clients like Facebook and HelloFresh. I offer a complete solution from installing the bar equipment right the way through to keg supply. I also offer regular maintenance packages for those who want a bar without all the hassle. Hello, this is Charles also from Love Beer. I just want to also let you know I'm fully licensed to sell kegs. We can supply loads of different products from mainstream beers and ciders right through to trendy craft beers and even Prosecco kegs, all delivered to your bar by a certified technician. Also, why I'm here... Have I mentioned the Land Rover Beeries 3, which is a 45-year-old XMOD Land Rover Series 3 that we have done a complete restoration on during lockdown? The 3 Beeries 3 is a custom-built, high-performance bar hidden in the back of a Land Rover. The bar we have installed is capable of doing upwards of 500 pints per hour. We're about four to five weeks off having it all back together and ready to show it off. And I'll be launching an Instagram for it this week. Nice one, Charles. Nice one. There we go. Speaking of sponsors, one of them's here. We've got our new sponsor joining us today. That's why I'm wearing my, my new uniform. Well, that was to impress Should me. You... <laughs> well, <clears throat> the, the voice you can hear is uh, Renshi Simon James. Um, I didn't. I couldn't find my gi. So, so basically, God. this was the next best thing. Jesus Christ. I bet you've still got your gi somewhere. I, I genuinely do. And um, as we talk uh, throughout today's uh, podcast um, and we discuss maybe our plans uh, with our new sponsor, maybe maybe I'll try and dust that off. 
I don't. I don't think I can fit in it now. I'm too. I'm too muscular. But I'm <laughs> sure I'm going to try. <laughs> it's not because um, it was for a ten-year-old. <clears throat> so, Sai, si, well, thank. Firstly, thank you so much for um, for reaching out and uh, wanting to sort of like sponsor us and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So it was basically as a little backstory. Um, we've got a Facebook page, obviously, um, and me and Stu, that's the one area, like, when messages come in, we don't always catch them because you don't get notified as easy. And so I saw yours, and it had been, like, I think you'd messaged us, like, a month or two ago. I was like, oh, shit, sorry. Um, we're not ignoring you, so I just, just still enjoy the podcast. And thankfully, um, you hadn't got bored of us. So, you, so you had, we had a chat, and, yeah, well, you joined us. I think it had been closer to 18 months. When I originally met no. <laughs> you before COVID. No. Yeah. I, you know what, dude? I must have missed. I didn't even read the year. I just read the month. Yeah. It got so bad, so... I deleted the message, Ryan. <laughs> oh, dude. See, you literally thought we'd, we'd pied you off or something. Oh, no, uh, I, I just thought... Mind you, we, we hadn't read it, had we, sir? No, exactly. I just thought, oh, they haven't yeah. read it. You know, it's obviously not monitored. So I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll try again some other way, another time. Oh, no way. <laughs> what well, thank you, man. Is, you, you then reach out 18 months later to show just how unprofessional and fucking shit we are. <laughs> and yet, for some reason, you decide to offer, <laughs> offer us payment for sponsorship, which is unbelievable and brilliant. Um, yeah. And so, you're not, obviously, we, we, we should take this opportunity to sort of talk a little bit about uh summer academy and, and what you do so yeah so explain to our listeners a little bit about uh what it is well primarily it's it's basically a kids karate group is what we mainly do so we actually teach as a as a organization we teach karate kickboxing uh tai chi and mma we teach kids and adults but mainly we teach uh straight from school classes you know like uh, after school classes and evening classes and everything like that and I just wanted to branch out a bit and start teaching other things like you know your lady's self-defense and just general things like that that are just outside of, of just teaching uh, children um, and I thought I've reached out to, to a few people and I thought it'd be a good idea just to when um, uh, that young lady got um, unfortunately murdered by that copper that was actually where I used to live so it was in Clapham wow. so I, I know where it was that she was taken from and at that time I just thought this is unacceptable I've got daughters I've got sons as well but I've got daughters and it's just that thought of the women that I've spoken to they just feel unsafe all the time it's just constant and so I, I try to offer um, a free lady self-defense thing just an awareness course and had a few people sign up for that and just you know get the get the name out and just if I can run more lady self-defense courses and just do them for free, I don't, you know, it's not, it's not about earning out of it. It's just get the message of how to be safe on the street. But just, I don't think people know. Many people know how to do it. Absolutely. Well, that kind of ties into uh, today's five, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll get onto that again uh, in a minute. But um, so your kind of position within uh, within Samri is like, so your what damn black belt are you uh fifth dan so basically there's wow. in the whole of the club you've got the chief so that's one one down below where i got to i think <laughs> down about right yeah yeah 
yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I can normally tell when I look at people and I meet them. I haven't met them in person, but just seeing you from the video, you, you give off this, this the, the presence of someone who knows martial arts. Thanks, mate. Or, or maybe I'm an orange belt, according to my uh, own outfit. Yeah, today. you're orange today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so at the top of the club, there's um, Hanshi, who's the seventh round back belt. Uh, and then you've got my instructors, which are Xi'an, who's the sixth, uh, seventh round. Sorry, Hanshi's the ninth round. Xi'an's the uh, seventh, and then Kyoshi's the um, uh, sixth round. And then you've got below that, you've got the Renshis, which are fifth round. So there's a few of us, there's, I think there's about 12 in the whole club but we um we teach see i started in 1989 when i was 11 um in worthing on the south coast which is where the club started sort of brighton worthing sort of area and uh yeah started there got my black belt in 93 and uh just always wanted to teach the only thing i've ever wanted to do that's amazing. I, just speaking to you when, when we had our first phone call, so it was just mad to think how big uh, an operation that you, you, you sort of like you, 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 you run and all the different people that, you know, work alongside you. And I felt immediately out of my depth from my experience because I actually I started in about 88, 89. I only really did it for, for I think, four or five years, I think was uh, was my run. So I was just blown away by like how what you've built at Summer Academy, it sounds uh, it's, it's pretty impressive, mate. It sounds, it sounds to me, Chris, that you're taking backward steps, mate. You, you, you I never hear you being so uh, sort of playing down your black belt. It just, it's just quite weird that. Well, I've that never today... said I've never ever said I'm a black belt. I've... <laughs> I, think, I think reference might have been made to it earlier, but not yeah. by oh, you, yeah, Chris. Never, I've... Yeah, I think. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's it's normally people around me will. Point me out and go. Be careful, yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that shit. I, I absolutely, I, I'm, you know, I'm not tough at all. I don't want to fight. This is me backing out of any sort of conflict with Sai. Uh, I, I don't know. This. Have I got a roll on my back? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what you do? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I just think it's awesome, Sai. You know what, what you do and um, all the different courses that you that you put out and what you were saying about um, you know, offering the free self defence courses mm. to women. That's not something that. It's weird as a boy, but self-defense, I guess because of how I grew up and whatever, um, wasn't something that I, I, I particularly worried about very much and I, I never really thought about. And it wasn't until I was like, honestly, really quite late in life. Like I remember like being like 29 and talking to some of my, my best girl mates about, you know, um, feeling safe when they're out. And I really was like, fucking how ignorant of me not to think, it's kind of a complete world of difference for you walking home, especially when I lived in Birmingham. Like uh, it was where I grew, where I studied in Birmingham was quite, um, it was quite dangerous at points, mm. and um, I just totally neglected how terrifying that must be for some of my my female mates. Playing yeah. playing that down a little bit as well there. Um, last time you mentioned that, <laughs> your exact words were "I saw people die, man," was your exact phrasing. I wasn't in Nam. <laughs> what you said on the drunk cars. Dagenham. No, I said that um, I, I used to see the murder uh, forensic people walking mm. around in the big spacesuits. I didn't see anyone get shot. Right. I'm, I'm, I think we should have Simon on every right. week because uh, I'm really liking this new Chris. <laughs> <laughs> He's very quiet, isn't he? Well, yeah. I'm less boasty. 
Yeah. No, no, mate. Humble no, Glasson. I'm loving him. I can't do any of that. <laughs> I, I can't wait, sorry, because we've, we've also chatted about why, why you've decided to um, support us and be a sponsor about raising awareness um, of Summer Academy, of how popular karate is now, at, that it's actually a career for people who want to want to pursue it you can go and you can then teach karate um but also as a, a means of doing that is basically maybe me and Shu coming down and maybe having a lesson and i, I can't wait to do that i think that's just going to be a, a barrel of laughs um and that's what i mean like hopefully i can find that gi to crack that one out of the uh out of the the, the uh the loft i don't know what gi to get i don't know where to get my white one um or my black one or my my red one, Stu. I'm not too sure. Just depends because I had them for different, obviously for different levels of competition. I was fighting him, um, but you'll probably be wearing your white one, right? Just the, the one white one. That's all I had. Just the white one, mate. Yeah. But we went to the same academy, didn't we? We did. Yeah. Did Stan ever mention the other colour ones to you, or was you just like you know? Stan, you was, like Stan, a- Stan was too busy uh, getting all the parents to applaud me because uh, <laughs> I've done really well for a fat kid. <laughs> Oh, mate. Uh, yeah. I don't think it was your size. I think it was you bad at karate. We're, we're going to find out because I've I've, I've got comfortable with side being here now and my mouth is starting to write checks. <laughs> <laughs> and you used to be like, yes. Oh, I'm going to reverse punch that prick. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. I mean, just sort of touch, obviously like Chris and I, uh, um, 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 you know, a friend of the show, Pip, um, we try not to do it too much because we know a lot of listeners, you know, aren't necessarily as, as passionate about it as us, but we're all obviously all big MMA fans. And I just wonder if, you know, through the evolution of, 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 of you know, UFC becoming this huge global combat sport, um, with seeing fighters such as, obviously, Conor McGregor, Darren Till, Leota Machida, and, and lots of these fighters that are adopting that almost sort of low-slung karate style... Mm. Has it has it seen a kind of uh, a, another sort of lift in the, the sort of the, the, the people that are interested in, in in learning karate? I think a lot of the adults that I speak to, they're wanting to go down either the kickboxing for fitness or the MMA because they see it on TV. Karate still, karate was always one of those things of like the questions you get asked of, oh, when you got a fight, do you have to take your shoes and socks off? It's like, no, it's, it's still seen like that a little bit as because it's traditional, whereas. I think people can envision themselves doing MMA because it's a little bit easier. Uh, it's a little bit, um, you know, normal clothes. You're just putting a pair of shorts and a T-shirt on. You haven't got to get dressed up in, yeah. you know, any sort of suit or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when you then explain it to them and when you speak to people that, okay, so you look at these MMA people, they've got a background in a traditional martial art. Taekwondo, karate, judo, jiu-jitsu, whatever it is. They've usually got some sort of background in a traditional martial art. And then it's only more recent that MMA has become a thing of itself to be taught rather than, I remember back in the day when I think it was UFC 1 or 2, when you'd actually have people fighting in their geese against a boxer who's in his boxing shorts or whatever it was, and whichever one of the Gracie brothers won it. And then the, the, the evolution of that, because then it was all just jiu-jitsu people um, who were winning it. Gracie's were taken over. And then it became its own thing. So, yeah, there's a lot more people getting into martial arts in general um, for all sorts of reasons, fitness, the self-defense, just the confidence it gives you, you know, mm. just to, to know that you can, in some part, either defend yourself 
or just avoid the situation in the first place because you can spot it. It's just a bit easier. When you say about confidence building, I heard uh, this week that uh, Sean O'Malley, he, he joined, started mixed martial arts for confidence building. And you think, look at that lad now. He's like the most confident, confident striker, confident personality you, you could you could hope to have, isn't it really? Um, I love him, I hate him. I mean, he really is, a, he's got a good talent. And I did feel that learning martial arts brought out my inner confidence and, and sort of discipline. Not that you can tell now with my beard. Probably why I need need to get down to the dojo. You're eighty percent orange. <laughs> I, really, I really am. I really, I really am. Yeah. Let me dis, uh, let me see if I can change that. How about now? Do I look less orange? The the beard's got even more orange. The hat has, and but your top's got a little bit more I've, pastel. I've, I've, I've absorbed the orange into the beard. <clears throat> yeah. It's just a, it's just one of the the skills I learned. Um, Stan taught me that one. Did he teach? Did you teach you that one, Stu? Or? No, no, I, no. He just no, taught no, me how to do press ups in front of other people's parents. Well, rather than the, talking the, about the, the original contrast out on the TV. <laughs> 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 do you, so we were talking um, about the early UFCs. Um, a couple of weeks back, and uh, Stu, do you remember the guy who uh, decided to come on as a? He had one hand free and the other hand in a, a, glove. In a glove. I'd have loved that to have caught on. I still but, don't uh, get what his thinking was with that, unless he had a broken hand or something. I just think, why would you have one glove on? Like, I don't it was get a power it. Power punch, power punch hand, I imagine. Yeah, but you've, you've automatically said you're only one-handed. I can only punch with this hand. This is the hand that's got the <laughs> glove on. <laughs> and I can't do anything else with my left hand. I can grab you, but you're not going to get any sort of choke, any sort of hold, any sort of arm bar, ankle lock, anything with a boxing glove on one hand. Now, I think that's what was amazing about the start of UFC is like how it sort of people experimented to try and figure out what was best. And as you said, like it turns out, Jiu-Jitsu, BJJ or Jiu-Jitsu really started to um, to, to dominate in the, on the ground game. You'd have never thought that. And, but it's so cool to see, like, karate. I remember when Mashida came on the on the scene and watching his obvious found, uh, fundamentals in karate, especially because that's what I'd studied. Like, yes, it does work. It can work if you're, you know, if, you, if, if you're good enough. I think that's and, the thing for... with karate is the fact that a lot of karate is... People will think that once you get to the black belt, that's it. You know, you've learned everything. But the, the truth is, is when you get to the black belt, that's when you then start to learn the self-defense. Because it's, I always equate it to learning to read. You don't learn to read by picking up Tolstoy. You, you learn your ABCs, then you put sent words together, then sentences, paragraphs, etc. So you have to build it up. So then you can get to the point of, I can defend myself, because I'm not just, although it's called, although we do karate, it's, we've done all the self-defense classes and black belt classes. You know, and we've done all, all manner of things, you know, whether it's two, three, four on one self-defense, knife defense, absolutely everything. So all the grappling and the fighting on the ground, that's all incorporated into your black belt stuff. Your traditional karate side of things, that's your grading system right the way up to your black belt. Yeah. You know, everything after black belt is then when you're pretty much going to learn. But... Shoes, shoes just got off the camera. I don't know if he's... Uh... Gone to defend his home with some karate. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll be back in a second. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you, you, did you did you find that actually once you got to black belt in teaching and 
did, did that like make you better as well? Yeah, because I started teaching when I was 15. So I got my black belt on the, on the, on the Sunday. Um, and on the Sunday evening, a friend of mine rang me up and said, do you want to come help teach a class on the Monday? So literally the day after my black belt grade, I was teaching in a class. And I'd been teaching with my instructor, right. you know, teaching the sparring class and doing bits and pieces. It was to the point where, you know, that, that day in school when you had the careers advice, I said, right, what do you want to do? I said, I'm going to be a karate instructor. He said, ah, oh, have you thought of joining the police? <laughs> no. What? You're not listening to me. I'm going to be a karate instructor. I've made my decision. We don't need to carry on with this meeting. It was never seen. Beginning and end. Yeah. I mean, even, even I grew up outside of London. I live in London now, but I grew up in, in a place called Littlehampton, like in between Worthing and in between Brighton and Portsmouth. And um, just around there, it, it's the amount of times I've got asked, so what do you do for a real job? No, this is my job. This is my career. This is all I've ever known how to do. Um, but in London, it's completely different. Which is why we can offer things like, you know, if you want to come and want to learn a fight and then, you know, potentially have it as a, as a career later. People in London, well, I think people outside of small towns are more open to it because they're open to doing, they're open to following their dreams. And I don't know whether it's, a, you know, because we're in 2021 now and people are, it's, Pitt says it all the time. I can't remember where he, he got it from, but work shouldn't have to be something that you hate. Why should, you know, why should I hate my job? But, you know, I love my job. Brilliant. But, um... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. To have it so young as well, to know, to be that clear on it, is, 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 it must have been, that's quite a reassurance, isn't it? As much as you've got doubters and haters, it's so weird, like you say, that like careers now, if we were like, if, if people knew back then what people would have as careers now, it would have been a completely different meeting, wouldn't it? Because like, what are you going to do? I'm going to make videos of uh, unwrapping gifts on a thing called YouTube. Yeah. and be like, you're not, mate. No, no you're not. Can like, you imagine if your, YouTube, if, if your careers officer could see you now, Chris? <laughs> be so proud. They'd be so, I think they'd be proud because do you know what my, uh, my, uh, my form tutor said at the end of Palmer's when I got three E's? Wanker. He, fucking <laughs> said, he said to me, it's a miracle you got three E's. You should be getting, doing a lottery today. <laughs> he previously called me a bullshitter, and um, I'm sure he might have seen you next Tuesday under his breath. All of which, more power to him. I was, I was all of the above. So uh, yeah, so he'd probably be like, "Shit, he's not in jail." That's that's impressive. Well, we haven't um, actually. Uh, said what today's top five is going to be. Yes. So, Sire, we'll, we'll leave it to you to uh, introduce what your top five is going to be today, mate. Well, I decided in the spirit of women's safety and everything, we are going to do a top five of things that women can do every day to try and keep themselves safe and also throw in there kind of five things that guys can do to stop basically making women feel unsafe. General things that, Why are you looking yeah, at me? we all do. And I think sometimes guys... Just don't even think they do it. They do it subconsciously, but yeah, it's not right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Number five. Let's uh, kick things that's off. It's going to be pretty handy. Yeah. Let's let's right. do, let's hit it with number five. Number five. I would say, uh, if you're walking home, walking anywhere, don't have both headphones in your ears. You can't hear. What's going on. <laughs> no idea what's going on. If you have to listen to something just to make you feel a little bit calmer and relaxed, or whatever music or podcast. Just have one in. Just drop the other one out and you can still be aware of your your surroundings and actively listen to what's going on. Whether it's footsteps, traffic, people shutting up shops as you're walking home. That kind of thing. But to have both earphones in and completely shut yourself, especially with noise cancelling ones nowadays, you're completely shut off. And you're advertising the fact that you've got these AirPods or whatever in. Yeah. Because you, you, I guess you're, you're, you're then only relying on what's coming from, 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 from the front. Yeah. And you know, really, if someone's gonna, if someone's got malicious intent, um, they, they probably won't take that route. They'll probably, um, you know, re- come from behind. I'm not trying to be funny or anything. They try that, but that's the, that's probably the, the strategy, right? So, yeah. you want to be able to listen. And when you're saying listen, I guess you're like, because hearing is passive, isn't it? Like hearings you're not making any attempt to just sounds come in but if you listen you're focused trying to hear yeah you're focused in on the your surroundings so listening for footsteps and shit like that i guess yeah listening for footsteps quickening up slowing down if you're pick, if you're picking your pace up are those footsteps going with you are they going in the same direction as you are they turning off are they you know it's there's there's a lot of things to do with just walking that you know i could go on for hours about it i won't but it, it's it, like I say, actively listen to what is going on, what is actually happening. You know, cars, whether they're driving quick, everything that's going on. 
I guess one of the things, because I'm guilty of of having noise cancelling headphones on. I literally, about an hour ago, I did. Uh, it's pitch black, walking my dog, listening to music. Uh, and every now and again, someone will be out jogging or whatever, and will literally, as they get to my shoulder, it makes me jump. And I guess, obviously, you're completely vulnerable in that sort of situation. Whereas I imagine if you are aware that there's someone behind you, you are aware that them footsteps are quickening, more than anything as well, it kind of gives you a bit of time to actually think, right, what am I going to do here? Mm-hmm. How, am I going to, where do I run? Where where can I run? Is there anyone I can call for it? Like, I guess, yeah, I'm no expert. Where you're going to walk next as well, even yeah. like to reduce. I mean, so I, I found like in, in certain neighbourhoods where I've I've lived in the past, like I've, um, I, I've done these things myself, you know, like there's certain places I've not felt safe and uh, I just think the prudent thing to do is to, try and be a little bit more alert. And yeah, one of them would be, you know, t- take your earphone out. Um, but these, no, the, the, the iPods, not that this is an advert for um, iPods, I'm sure other sort of pods do this now. You can have noise um, cancellation, but they've got a setting now on my earphones, which is noise transparency. And there's little microphones in them. So it literally, you can turn it on and then you can literally hear it magnifies sounds around you so that you can sort of like be walking and you can still have your wits about you, which is kind of, kind of snazzy. Mm. I think, I think it goes back to you saying about walking the dog in the dark, noise cancelling headphones on. That's kind of like that. We don't think about it. We're guys. But it's that sort of male privilege of, as long as I've been doing karate, which is over 30 years now, I still won't walk down the street with both headphones in. It's just, it's habit now, but I still won't, I still won't do it. But at the same time, you know, I don't know how tall you two are, but like I'm six one, tattooed. Very. I doubt that. Um, I'm six one. I'm tattooed. I, I don't look like someone that you would want to approach in the first place. Yeah. And you know, yeah. same with, with you. I mean, people don't want to approach you, Chris, but for a completely different reason. Totally different reasons, mate. Yeah. Um, but so we don't necessarily think about it. But for a woman walking down the street, she might not not necessarily. She might think. There's that thing of almost shrinking away and, and receding back into the shadows and thinking she can't be spotted. Where if, if you just have to be more aware, I think if you've got your just one headphone in, even with the the um, the, the noise being able to come in through the headphones, I still would always suggest just drop one out. Yeah, just don't need both. Yeah, it's such a it's simple that, thing, isn't it? And mm. like, and obviously it does. You know, you are completely cut off when you've got both headphones in and yeah and you're right it is male privilege that i that i i don't think oh no one's going to attack me and which is, again is stupid anyway because plenty of people get attacked where i live it's fucking horrible it's but, that self-confidence and, and and not to think not you know not to reflect that you know not for, that's not the, the case for everyone yeah. really so yeah for sure yeah, i mean that's the so, thing you know, guys do get attacked as well you know, there's, there's been a, yeah. you know, I've heard a couple of stories from down, around South London of guys getting attacked and sexually assaulted. So, that and so with with that in mind, I, I know you've got sort of other things that, that the guys can do. So in, in in a sort of situation where, you, you know, is, is there anything that kind of links into to this one for like women walking along at night? Like, is there anything that, you know, you'd suggest that guys could do? 
Yeah, I mean, if you're a guy, be aware. Just be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of the fact that most guys are, are going to be bigger, heavier footed. Just if you're that close to, to a woman, just stop. Just don't follow her. You take a different route home. You go the longer way. Yeah. You cross the road and and yeah. walk on a different bit so that she can feel safe, so that everyone can feel safe. But the one thing I would say is don't do the speeding up thing and try and walk past her quicker. You just sound yeah. like you're going to attack her. That you're just yeah. going to make her more and more frightened. Drop back, stop, tie your shoelaces, have a cigarette, do whatever it is you're going to do. But just give her that space. Um, that would be... I've, I've, I've been guilty of that. So, you know, I have been guilty of not even not even speeding up to get past a person because uh, I want to make them feel safe. Just I'm thinking, oh, I want to overtake them because I'm, you know, I want to get somewhere a bit quicker. Mm. And I, I've done that so much being in a hurry. Um, but I, I do find of a night time if, um, if I'm walking and I, I, I see a, a woman and I, and I approach from behind, I will I, I generally just cross the road. I think that's the easiest thing to do. Um, that way I'm sort of like giving her a, a wide berth mm. yeah I, I, I think that there's that thing of even if you're just walking in the road and like say giving a wide berth you don't have to yeah. you know, if it's late at night just walk in the road put yourself out there yeah. she's got the whole of the pavement to herself and then yeah if you want to do that and, and even something simple like just say hello just do you know or some sort of like not ask yeah. if they're alright or anything like that that sounds creepy or everything no. But just a nod or a nothing weird and scary, but acknowledge yeah. the fact that there's another human there, as opposed to, yeah. you know, almost trying to be scared yourself that you don't want to come across as an attacker. So that in sometimes I think guys, in not wanting to come across as attackers, look like attackers. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Soften your facial expressions and and stuff like that. Yeah, it's tough for droopy over there. <laughs> In yeah, I, 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 you don't look too threatening, mate. You literally look like fucking a children's entertainer today. I'm sure. Uh, yeah, and you've even got more orange behind you. You've got you're literally sitting on an orange jumper as well. I, I am. Has <laughs> mustard though that one. I know. It's just it's, it's like a lottery. It's like um, a fruit machine, but I pulled it, and everything that's come up just orange today, just out of random coincidence, basically. Mm. Fucking disgraceful. Um, <laughs> Should we have number four? Number four, uh, four sorry. Number four. No matter how much you want to, don't take dark alley shortcuts. Just because it's going to make less than your journey by 20 minutes, 15 minutes, however long it is. And I know it sounds obvious, but where like that, um, the, the young lady, Sarah Everard, that's what exactly what she did. I know because where I used to live, it was the next road along, which is where she was taken from. And I know the housing estate she was taken from. And if she'd have gone the long way around, it was lit. I'm not saying that it wouldn't have happened, but it was lit. And the, the shortcuts you took would have saved her 45 seconds, a minute, and that was it. But it's completely yeah. dark. There's no lights. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a housing estate. But you think you're safe when you're, when you're surrounded by people, but People are asleep. People have got their new double glazing windows. They can't hear anything necessarily outside. Yeah. And especially if you're in a large city like London, you can hear a bang outside and you're not even moving. No, because there's there's no accountability, is it? Because it's like there's yeah. 500 other people who might hear it and actually then no one looks. Like 
um, in one of the roads I, I used to live in, a car alarm would go off and you, you know, you could just see that car alarm or the house alarm go mm. off. I've seen house alarms where me and Molly have been like, right, we better go because no one else has gone. Yeah. So you it can does just, people feel just like assume that, that and, and think, oh, someone else is going to deal with it, and, and they with, don't. With car alarms, now nah, it almost is like, oh, for fuck's sake, will someone turn that off? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not yeah. like, oh, someone's having their car broken into. Like, you know, I do think we do become a bit more sort of desensitised mm. to, to things like that, which is fucking crazy. But if you see someone breaking into a car, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend people go out there and try and do something about it. Intervene. Maybe phone the cops. Phone the cops. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. That would be the first thing. But like you say, a car alarm going off, the assumption nowadays is, oh, for fuck, someone get that fucking alarm fixed. You don't think Mm. someone's breaking in. You just think it's a malfunction on the car. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, so true. Yes, like, yeah. Yeah. I I think this this, this subject of... um, I think it's a real... It is a shame because I've heard the arguments uh, made that why should people have to um, uh, change their behaviours um, and be aware of this sort of thing um, because of dangerous people out there who, who don't seem to have a care. But, I mean, it's like you can't control, unfortunately. I, I'd love that to be the case and I'd love to be in a society where everyone does respect everyone and, and, and it is safe like that, but... You can't control what other people are doing or thinking, and and you know we're not. That's not even involving like mental health that that, that can be involved in a lot of these like these horrible tragedies that happen. But um, I, you can't control those things. You can only control, I guess, the actions you take to make yourself feel as safe as safe as you can. Is that is that fair enough, Simon? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's a saying, isn't there, that an army marches to its slowest soldier. You can't just because that there are these people, that doesn't mean that people shouldn't modify their behaviour mm. to make everyone, to make society a better place, to make everyone feel safe, mm. not just, you know, mm. women and kids, but absolutely everyone. People who have got mm. mental health issues, let's make them feel safe. Let's be mm. like, okay, everything's a safe place. I'm not going to follow you ridiculously close or just kick off mm. when you're when you're having a breakdown. You know, in, again, in South London, you see so many people just around the corner from from us. There was a there was a, a place that housed all the local people with mental health problems or drug mm. problems or anything else like that. You see them walking up and down all the time, and the majority of the time, you end up feeling sorry for them. You know, all they want is mm. a talk, all they want is a chat. But the amount of people that yeah. nine times out of ten were just giving them abuse. Yeah, ostracised and be rude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think every. Everyone could, you know, if everyone just does a little bit to make it all a bit better, you're never going to, as you said, Chris, you're never going to stop, like, fucking real fucking twisted people. They've always existed and they'll continue to exist. Uh, but I think, you know, if if by everybody doing, you know, gradual steps to ensure that, you know, 99.999% of the time everybody feels a lot safer, that's a good yeah. place to fucking Yourself start. and other people, yeah, for mm. sure. Yeah, yeah but if we actually work as a society together to get rid of these types of problems and for everyone to be acting in a certain way, the 0.01% of complete and utter psychopaths and sociopaths, they stand out more. They're going to stand out. If everyone else is doing, you know, something about it and saying, well, do you know what? I'm not going to walk three, you know, just three foot behind this person, male or female. Mm. I'm just going to back off a little mm. bit. Everyone's so busy with their own life that 
that their own race is, is all they're, con- they're concerned about. And yeah. where they're going is the most important thing in the world. Rather than, you don't know what someone else is busting for. You don't know where someone else is going or what they're thinking. I, I definitely think that in, like, in the more built-up areas you, you, you find yourselves in, you, know, you, you you go to somewhere more rural, you get out in like these villages and that, and the pace is different. You know, when you get to Essex, it, it starts to quicken. And by the time you get into London, everybody, to me, my, my experience of, of, of working in London and, and being in London, you know, very often, is that a big majority of people are like, well, I've got somewhere to fucking be and it's the most important thing on the fucking planet. And like, and I don't see a huge sense of community. No, speed sickness. Like, I think it's, yeah, absolutely, mate. I think that the, the more people that are around you, I think as well, like not only is like life at a faster pace, but the more people who are around you, the less real opportunity you've got of establishing any form of meaningful relationship mm. in that short time you're near them. So it comes to a point where you just go within yourself and then block everyone out. Like whereas when you, what we said about in rural areas or where I'm like if I'm go up in the mountains and that everyone you meet you like or you're going out for your run you're much more friendly to. Um, you probably feel more reassured in those areas sometimes totally. um, than you would. Yeah, but it's like outside of London, I ride motorbikes. Outside of London, you got the bike and And as soon as you get into London. I've, I've done it before because obviously I'm not, I wasn't brought up in London. I've given it the nod, mm. you know, as you're passing another biker, nothing, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> as soon as you get outside of London, they're giving you the nod, they're looking at your bike and everything. Inside, no, they're not interested. No one wants to talk what, to anyone. What bikes do you ride? Sorry? What bikes do you ride then? I had a, um, I had to sell it um, recently to get a car for, to pick my kids up, but it was a um, Ninja <laughs> ZX10. Oh wow! Before that, I had an R1 that got me. Oh, yeah. I, I think I'd kill myself on one of those in seconds. Have you have you uh, ridden them all your life then? Sorry, yeah, since it? I was about seventeen. My um, Amazing. it was actually my dad that bought me my first bike three years after he nearly killed himself on his. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, the the injuries he had were. I mean, he bit off his tongue off. Yeah. Fucking hell. Bloody hell. It was uh Oh everyone I know, everyone I know who's had motorcycles has like had serious injuries. Like every single person. Yeah. Like yeah, I've had pictures of people sending me pictures of their, their leg in a hospital and it's like a banana mm. where where the, the bike's fallen on them, just crushed the, 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 the lower half of their leg. And they were told they could never walk again. By some miracle they managed to get it completely repaired, obviously you know, including a few bolts back on motorbikes again. It's like, yeah. you know, if you love it, you love it. Yeah, we'll always go back on bikes. Bikers will always just go, I'll be all right. <laughs> It'll be all right this time. But no, luckily, about, I haven't had anything serious so far. Stu, have you ever dipped your toe into that? Yes, you know I have, you fucking prick. You yeah, know, I you know I, I have. Can't and you know that I fucking fell off. You, you know, you know, I crashed it into a barbed wire fence, don't you? And I had to get cut <laughs> out of it. <laughs> so, no, I genuinely, my, my stupid brain had forgotten that. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, cut out of a barbed wire fence? Yeah. Right, how fast yeah. was that? Uh, not that fast. But it was like, <laughs> a, I think it was like a one, two, five. It was like, 
it was like my mate had a lot of land and uh and because he lived in the middle of nowhere like he couldn't kind of do all the things that we all done living in like a tan so his parents like got him a little motorbike like uh to ride around the fields <laughs> on uh and uh and so when you went over there you'd just have a go on it and uh, my experience of motorbikes when i was like 15 was just like a little kind of automatic like moped that someone had buy for like 50 quid that we just literally ragged the arse out of over the field for about two weeks till it died uh but this had gears and i'd never used gears before and i don't know what i was doing but the back wheel just sort of seemed to lock and then i was like oh no and uh yeah then it literally just went straight into a barbed wire fence and uh yeah laid there uh with the motorbike still still whirring away uh while they'll come over uh laughing obviously and uh like you do as a lad it's really funny, isn't it, when your mate's <laughs> wrapped up in barbed wire? Uh, like the rabbit in water shit yeah. down. And then his dad come over and cut me out of it. And his dad looked more fucking angry about the fact that I damaged his fence than the fact that I was fucking wrapped in... Fu- looked like fucking Jesus. Like, yeah, weren't a good look. <laughs> oh, dear. What number are we on, Christopher? We're, we're coming on to number three now. So we've we're, we've just come from, the you know, avoid... Uh, maybe darkened alleys for okay. shortcuts. All right. Number so three. What's number three? Walk in the middle of the pavement. So when I was running these uh, uh, lady self-defense classes, I asked them questions. Um, what do you do late at night when you're walking home? And quite a few of them answered that they actually try and hug the wall, um, which, in my opinion, is completely the wrong answer. You walk in the middle of the pavement. The thing with walking on your own is you've kind of got to do it with confidence. So you walk with your head up, you walk in the middle of the pavement. If you're going to get attacked and you're on the side of the road, if you're near the road, you can get pushed into the road. If you're against the wall, you can get pushed up against the wall or into an alley, into a little, you know, shop front, anything like that. You're putting yourself in more danger. If you're in the middle of the pavement, not only does it make you seem more, more visible to everyone else, it also means that you've got a better point of view of everything that's coming in front of you. You can hear more. You you haven't got you know your left side against the wall or anything. You know, which, you know, blocking sound and all the rest of it. It's just dangerous to be either side of the pavement. Just get in the middle. Once you can then see everything that's ahead of you, you can make a decision whether you're going to cross the road to avoid it or you know take a different that's route. That's the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, um, you know, because if you walk... I, I had a mate, we, we used to work in a, in a bar, and he got mugged twice. Um, I don't think it was the same person, but it was within, like, the space of a month. And um, he would walk round corners, because we'd been living in this area for a while, and I'd said to him before, you walk round corners really tight. I said, if there's someone there, especially because we finished this bar, we, it was like three o'clock on our walk home um, through this estate. I said, you walk around the corner so tight, you've got no idea who's what's, what's immediately around that corner. If you take it a bit wider, I must say, I never thought so much of the walk in the centre. I always walked more on the edge of it, not thinking about the, the road safety part, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's something I've learned there. Um, but at least walk so you've got enough space that you can you can see you've got more of an opportunity of see someone who might be just around that corner and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's a yeah, good tip. Like you just said about the, the turn in the corner, I always think of it of, of almost like uh, taking a racing line. You know, like when you're driving, you, you come yeah. out and then you cut it. Yeah, that it's that you, you do the coming out bit, so you can walk in the middle of the pavement, you come slightly out, so you can right. actually see everything. Anyone's hidden here, yeah, you can yeah. see them you've got more yeah. opportunity. Like you say, if you're coming tight and turning the corner, I mean, even just normal confrontation, just bumping into someone and ending up in a punch-up just because you just bumped into yeah. someone, never mind being mugged or assaulted or whatever yeah. it is. Even if everyone did this as a normal, everyday part of life, everyone's aware of it. Everyone's more apologetic. Oh, sorry, that was me. Rather than, yeah. what the fuck are you walking there for? You know, <laughs> yeah. and then all of a sudden, you're having a row with someone. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? So uh, the other thing that you said there, which I think is really, uh, really good, is uh, walk walking with confidence, confidence as well is, as, mu- as much as you yeah. can. Confidence is the most important thing. It actually, comes into uh, my number one. Actually. Oh, okay. It, 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 all right. Okay. All we'll, we'll put a pin in that then, yeah. and we'll, we'll go over <laughs> it there. Yeah. Let Let, let me it's, just add though, if you're walking anywhere at night wearing that, Chris, that's a confident look. Yeah. No, like no one's fucking with me in this. They're like, what's he going to go and cook? I'm going to cook your balls up, mate. If you give me any trouble. Stu, did you ever watch Big Cook Little Cook with your kids? That's exactly who it is, isn't it? That's exactly (laughs) who it is. What is it? What is it? Um, Big Cook Little Cook. And I think he's a comedian as well. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. I'm not sure, but yeah, he was just, uh, yeah, he was a big old, uh, yeah, big old gangly uh, orange man. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna have to have, I'm gonna have to look that up. Don't go playing anything, Stu, because you'll get it banned off YouTube again. You know what you like, you're playing your little music and stuff like that, and then record companies come after us. Um, the other thing is, you both have daughters. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I've just seen big oh cook, little cook. God, what a mess. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna have to have a word. I'm gonna have to go and take myself, have a word with myself outside. I think, guys. Um, but you cock, both have yeah, daughters, right? Big cook, little cock. That's you, mate. <laughs> 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 so, uh, does that? 
give you sleepless nights because Shu, you basically it was um, Halley's first time at a club, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah. At the weekend, and that must have that must have. You must it's worry it's, it's really that, strange. Right? Like, um, yeah, one's nineteen and, and one's sixteen, um, and yeah, like I just dropped one of them down the the shopping centre. The other one's you know in from work, and I don't know. Where she's going tonight, but yeah, like the the youngest ones now got a friendship group, and you know, as we mentioned before, struggled throughout school, and now she's got some friends. I don't want to be the one going. You can't go out. You can't do that. You mm. can't be out now. It's dark. It's a, so I have to kind of, you know, give them a little bit of freedom. You know, the other one's nineteen and has got a job and a a car. I, I'm, I'm you know I'm limited as to what I can. You know, I can't grander. Like, um, but obviously I can advise, and and it was really weird at, at the weekend because she she did go clubbing and she went to Las Vegas, which is not the nicest place. Um, and uh, I do appreciate your offer of if you need anything, I can just be down there in five minutes. But uh, <laughs> that's what I said, and then I thought, as I said it, I thought I'm the last person you want. Yeah, I did. I was quick to say that, mate. I thought I can't I can't send you down there to get kicked in by a load of eighteen year olds with six packs, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fair on you, mate. <laughs> Hallie don't need to see that. <laughs> not the face, not the face. Get on, get out, Hallie. I thought you said he had a black belt, Hallie. Yeah. He, <laughs> no, he's just got a that. black belt from River Island. Um but yeah, and obviously like as somebody that has run nightclubs for, for you know their whole life. It's I didn't want to be the one going. Right, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. If that happens, speak to them. If that happens, do that. And it's like oh, I can't do it. And it's like I just think right, she's going to go over her mates, and I just wanted to have a really good time. And and I was just like, look, I'm 15 minutes away. Any problems, phone me up. And like and I think you know she was getting a cab there for mates, getting a cab back with her mates. And obviously, I said, "Don't go anywhere on your own." And yeah, and she had a great time. And it's like, but it is like it because, as I mentioned to you the other day when we was chatting, I had a, a bit of a situation at the club, and I was, you know, my club's not necessarily a troubled club, whereas the one that she went to is. Uh, yeah, it was like I was thinking, "Fucking hell!" If this is what's going on here, what the fuck's going on when my daughter is? <laughs> and like. And so, yeah, it's obviously like, like any parent, you you worry about your kids, don't you? But you also have to, they have to live their life and they have to experience, you know, life. And and unfortunately, sometimes that does come with, you know. Risk. With risk, yeah, mm. yeah. So, yeah, if, if things can be done to lessen that, then 100%, you know, take, listen up. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really weird. I mean, do, do you find with... How old are your daughters, Si? Uh, so, 18, 17, 16, uh, 12, and then I've got two sons that are 14 and 8. So, with, with like the 18-year-old that's now of an age where she can go pubs and clubs and things like that, like, how do you play it? Do you, because obviously you, you also work in, in, in security as well, yeah. and, you know, and <clears throat> uh, and obviously, you know, your your job is to ensure that people are safe, and then your your other job is to teach people how to be, yeah. you know, to to be able to look after themselves and deal with conflict and 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 
risk. Yeah, I think the, the thing with my kids is, I mean, I'm lucky in a way that none of them have shown that much of an interest in doing the whole clubbing thing or even drinking. They're not interested in it or they don't want to or whatever it is. So I'm kind of lucky that way. But it's it's sad in a way that as a parent, as their dad, since they were born, I've had to say to them, this is how the world is and this is what you've got to do. And they've had their confrontations, you know, be it at school mm. or outside of school. And, you know, my eldest, so my 18-year-old, is she's actually my stepdaughter, um, but my eldest daughter has been doing karate since she was one and a half. She's literally in a nappy in the class. She's been teaching since she was seven. So in some respects, she's mad confident, but in the other side of things, she's really shy and reserved. Um, but I just find it strange that we have to teach our daughters, oh, by the way, there's people who just want to assault you constantly. We're, mm. From an early age, we're, we're almost telling them that these things are likely to happen. And so they're worried from early. Don't go out on your own. But with my sons, it would be like, don't try not to go out on your own. Not don't. There's a, there's a line between if they're boys, it's the way we, we treat them. Oh, Bambi boys, you fall over, you skin your knee, don't worry. It's that whole thing that I hate of, oh, just man up. But when it's a daughter, mm. it's like, oh, I'm a little princess and everything. But mm, yeah. my, my daughter's a psychopath half the time. Mm. <laughs> I think also the thing is like with, with lads, it's like, yeah, we can, you know, hopefully we can let, you know, take these steps to protect themselves and that. But teaching boys not to be fucking, I don't know, we've got a lot of work to do there with, 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 with boys and how they treat treat girls i mean like even not even on the um the same same thing of just visit phys- physical harassment is like just like dick pics and stuff like that it's like i don't understand i don't understand no. like when i speak to all my girl mates um about this phenomena um they 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 re- they like chris i can i can meet i can talk to someone on tinder we can you know get to the point where we exchange phone numbers and 30, 20, 30% are going to send me an unwarranted picture of their dick within like like the first like two days of having, having, having their number. And I just think that's just a bit mad that, that guys are like this. And, and, and what are we teaching boys about, you know, how to conduct yourself around women? I mean, it's just even the fundamentals of stuff like that before like even the, I don't know, how you get on to dealing with helping guys not become someone who's likely to sexually assault someone. There's just a lot of big chats that to, to be had about how we bring up our, you know, our lads, really. I do think it's important that, you know, uh, as well as, you know, being aware that, you know, sending someone that, you know, unsolicited or, or equally um, showing it to a hairdresser uh, when you're having your hair cut... <laughs> Like, that was an accident, <laughs> Your Honour. That was Your a Honor. total accident. <laughs> that was awful. I don't, do, do, did you hear about that, Si? Well, I, uh, I accidentally well, um, anyway. was trying to show my new hairdresser what haircut I wanted. And there was a picture of my penis on my phone and I just <laughs> was scrolling through. Oh. And oh, thank God for that. For a minute, I thought you wanted to show your hairdresser a picture of what you wanted for your hair and just expose the pubic area and went, I want it to look like this. <laughs> 
Do you know what? So I, I, that would have been less bad than what actually happened, I think. But scrolling past the picture of my throbbing member <laughs> is not is just not cool. Yeah, that's that's the that's the only time I've um, shown an unwarranted. And who knows? She, the sad thing is about that is that knowing that how used to this shit women are, she probably just thought I was doing that intentionally. Let, let's be let's be honest. Yeah. She probably thought, here we go. Here's another here's another dickhead who thinks I want to see their yeah. their penis, and I really don't. Mm. Like it's, it's such a strange behaviour, and I think that's just tip of the iceberg shit. Like. We can teach our daughters to to be, you know, as, as you know, as, as re- reduce the risk as much as possible, and we can teach the same thing to our sons as well. Like they, they still apply um, to a lesser extent, but also teach our sons. Oh fucking hell! Don't do these things. These are fucking. <clears throat> this is shame, shameful behaviour. But that's what that's what's on my list of things that guys can do. What happened to being a gentleman? What happened to teaching mm. our sons how to be gentlemen? Hold the door. If the woman then says says something about it and I can hold my own door, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to bite back. No. Just like you don't have to. If someone doesn't say thank you for holding the door, as annoying as it is, you don't have to shout, <laughs> you're welcome, you fucking prick. It's it just, <laughs> yeah, we could yeah. just all be a little bit nicer. And I'm not saying that I do any of these things. Of course I shout after someone, you know, when I'm in a shop. You know, but <laughs> I, I shouted at someone the other day because, we were walking, we were in a car park with my kids and someone was coming through the door and my second, Kinsey, had gone through the door but she sort of went through quick and got out of the way. Now the rest of us, yeah. we were a little bit further back so we stopped and this person just started staring daggers at Kinsey and I was, I was being polite, I was like, oh no, after you and then they started staring at Kinsey and sort of like tightening and shaking their head. Oh, that was it, I went off for one. <laughs> do, do what you like, say what you like to me, but not my kids. Leave my kids out of it. I think, I think, Silas, you, you guys must have such strong feelings about protecting your children. I, I get like that over my mum. Like I feel aggressive at the thought of anyone exploiting my mum. Yeah. Like I really do. Or, or elderly people in general. So God, it must be the same for children. But as much as we can practice and, and try to be consciously aware of doing these things, like sometimes you, you can't, you know, you, you, we're never going to get it right all the time. It's just trying to practice it and be mindful of it as much as possible small steps, I was... small steps are better than no steps it's just, yeah. as long as we're as a site as long as everyone is making a little bit of progression then that's fine like you say no one's going to get it right all mm. the time I don't I still kick off at people mm. every now and again and just mm. lose myself I wake up in a bad mood for absolutely no reason mm. but you can't then you can't then live your entire life assuming that everyone is out to get you I think that's part of the mm. problem as well. Mm. People aren't being polite. They're not gentlemen. They're not. There's, there's not a, a, a forethought of kindness about people. Yeah. Well said. I think um, it is weird because when you said you know your, your kids have been doing karate since they were you know in nappies and stuff, and it was like I made a conscious decision that both my kids were going to learn how to to fight. Uh, uh, you know at a young age and it was like and I was just thinking to myself you know is that because they were girls and maybe it was but I think if I'd had boys I think I would have still done the same anyway I think I would have just been like I don't think it's a bad thing to have the the tools to go I'm in a situation that I don't want to be in and my back's against the wall here 
this is how I can get out of this as quickly and as easily as possible. Yeah. I, I think that's a life skill for for, yeah. for for everybody. For everyone, I completely agree, Shu. I, 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 a, I love doing it, but B, the, the, the like, I mean, I, I, I act like a total arsehole. I know I do on this podcast, but um, and, and when you're I, driving, I, and, and sometimes when I'm driving. Mm. Any other times you want to? Yep, that time yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you come out of a club yeah, and just once. low kicked me, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was good. It was good though. You, you were upset at how fast and powerful it was. I, I know. I could feel it. I could feel you. You let go. Um, but most of the time, like I think, having learned martial arts taught me so much, so much confidence, like inner confidence in myself. Mm. Like I, I felt like I know what I know how to defend myself and having that as a kid i remember seeing street fights as a kid like when i when i started going out like 15 16 and i would see um fights happen and i would never want to participate in them that was another thing it taught me i was never interested in that um but i'd watch people fight and i'd just be like i've not got a problem here for you know if, if they were to turn on me firstly run but if i was forced into a corner i do feel like Watching how they were throwing punches with, you know, not not, not straight, uh, um, you know, have, having their wrists straight, massive windmills. I was just like, and, and that has always been the way of learning self-defense. When I have got in those situations, I've, I've been able to sort of like defend myself. And uh, I, I, like you say, Shu, I think it's a skill set for, for everyone, you know. Mm. Not only should it t- teach you a bit of t- temper, your, temper the anger, but also defend yourself. I like you've retained them skills. If you're walking around dressed like that, mate, chances are someone's going to try and stick one on you. <laughs> well, a kiss. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> sexy today. Let's get you a coffee. Yeah, Come on, get this guy some falafel. <laughs> let's go. I want to show you. Look at this wonderful meal that my beautiful girlfriend cooked. This is podcast gold, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, wow, Wonderful. that's actually look look really that. good. That, that, that's been sat down by me and I'm like, I can't eat it. It's unprofessional. I thought, I'll be able to eat this while we have a podcast. As soon as it came, I was like, that's just going to go cold, isn't it? I don't understand. This, anyway. this many years in, you're now worried about being unprofessional? <laughs> <laughs> I think you ever got any reviews of this and I would say that probably 80% of the reviews of this are uh, negative ones about us eating. Stop eating! <laughs> Mind you, we haven't for ages, have we? No. Let's be fair. Let's be let's be fair. We haven't for a long, long time. Number two? two. Sorry? Number two. Avoid the confrontation in the first place. The safest way to not get in any sort of confrontation is don't be there. If we're teaching knife defence, the first thing I say is don't be at the sharp end. Don't be at the pointy end. It's really simple to not get stabbed if you're nowhere near it. So what I mean by that is, <clears throat> if you're walking down the street, like I said, in the middle of the pavement, you can see a group of lads who've been out, they've had a drink, they're being a bit rowdy, they're being a bit boisterous, cross the road. There's nothing wrong with you crossing the road. There's nothing wrong with you going into a local kebab shop for absolutely no reason. Just grab a look and then just mm. walk back out again. You can do other yeah. things, you can spot it. And that's that thing with, with your head up, walking down the middle of the road, or middle of the, the pavement, and you can spot everything coming you know you don't have to have your head on a complete swivel you know looking left and right behind you and doing sort of you know mi5 cia tactics but just be aware of it and see what's coming 
and just avoid it. There's no point walking through a group of drunk up early twenties lads who are then they're going to say something. It's nowadays yeah. it's in their nature. They can't keep their stupid mouth closed. So just take yourself off. Easy. Relatively. Yeah. I think if you can put space between yourself and a potential problem, it's the best place to start, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If if you're not there, it's it's like you know, if you're not in the car, you're not going to crash it. It's mm. insane. Uh, so when you say also avoid confrontation, is that like if is that also a bit like biting your lip if if necessary, or is that is that part of it, or is that sort of like that would be different one? That's always difficult because you can't tell someone to you know you just got to keep your mouth closed, head you know head up and just walk through it with a bit of confidence because then you know what guys are like. Guys are going to turn around and either call her a lesbian or call her frigid mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. some stupid mm-hmm. juvenile comment that they're going to make. Mm-hmm. There's no way of necessarily avoiding that. My my avoidance would be completely go the other side of the road. Uh, you know, if it's safe, it's, if it's three o'clock in the morning and there's no cars, just jump into the road. Just walk into the road, let them have the patient because they're not going to be gentlemen and get out of your way. Just take a slightly more circuitous route around that group. But again, while still staying on a, on a lit area you know if you have to go through them you have to go through them it would be on an individual basis whether it would be a case of you said something or how confident you were feeling that you walk through a group of lads they say something and you want to turn into one and that's it yeah it's uh, it's, 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 it's so weird like just I would say that like 90% of Everything I've, you know, over the years of working in what I'd, you know, in the clubs and stuff like that, I reckon 90, 95% of any trouble that I've seen is fucking pointless. Yeah. they got zero, like, but they would have woke up the next day and just thought, more than likely the police, and just thought, why did, what, what, why did I fucking do that? Why did I hit him? Like, what, like, what did he do that was so bad? Like, just, it's bollocks. Like so much of it, and if I ever get a chance in any sort of things where there's like you can see it starting to escalate, I'll always just go like, "Come and have a chat, man." Like, so what are you at tonight? You're not got missies. Oh yeah, all right, you got kids, and like that's when you stab them up, and like, and that's when they turn around. That's when they hit them on the back of the head and run. Like, (laughs) but uh, but no, it is. It's like just try and bring them back to reality a little bit as well, and just kind of just go that. Hey, look. If you go and whack him now, chances are, you know, you're going to get nicked. Do you really want to get... Once cocaine's in the mix, then it's a different oh, fucking... Nah, different beast. But, uh, but, but, but generally, like, if you can just kind of get someone just to snap out of that little mindset of just like, oh, fuck it, I ain't having that. Because it is bollocks. It's absolute bollocks. It's just chest out nonsense that really is based on the most menial of things that mm. you know when you're in a police so you do and think oh fucking hell really what? like it really was nothing he spilt my drink or like you know he looked at my bird it's like it's, it's bollocks it really is like, but yeah don't know what why i've gone off on that tangent but no, i uh, think it's, it makes a lot of sense but that's the it's same like about being... people don't give go on sorry go on sorry i was gonna say that's the same about being gentlemanly if someone does spill your drink Rather than wait for the confrontation, just offer to replace it. It's not that difficult. You know, it's going to cost you, what, 
couple of quid. Just offer to repay or apologise, mate. I'm so sorry. You know, do you want me to buy you another drink? If you I've did seen that, that so often. Yeah, but if you did that, someone would say, no, don't worry, it's all right, it's an accident. No, 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 no honestly, you're right. All of a sudden, they're friends. I've seen that friends. so often. Yeah, when people, like, I've seen people just walk up behind people and accidentally spill it all up them, mm. and the person's turned around, and then the person who's done it has just stared at them. Yeah. And it's like, what What part of you is stopping you saying, I'm, I'm sorry, let's sort this out? And if you're fucking broke, if you genuinely looked devastated because you was, that you'd done that to someone, that'd be the end of it. Like you say, like, I've had loads of drinks spilt on me, thrown all over me. <laughs> no, but like spilt on me. And, um, and it's just like, it's just, it's all right, man. Don't, don't worry about it. I mean, there, sometimes there is like a point where you're like, oh my God, like that's literally your whole drink all over me. Mm. But there's nothing that can be happening. It's an accident, right? Or the person might have been being a bit careless or whatever, but. You can only yeah, do your, like, your best, can't you, to try and resolve it, you know, by apologising and just, you know. Being as nice as you can be. Yeah. But also but that's people, it. Like, the people don't have the courage to apologise no. sometimes. Like, not. Or even sometimes the mentality to realise that you're in a club or you're in a sushi bar or you're somewhere that's busy. You haven't gone to a high-end wine tasting, you moron. You're in a club with thousands of other people. You're going to get bumped into. It's just going to yeah. happen. If you go there with the mindset of accepting it, fine. If you go there with the mindset of anyone bumps into me, I'm giving them a clap. Well, go spend the night in the cell then. I don't know. I don't understand why you're going out yeah. with that mentality in the first place. There's something. There's something. And again, this goes back to the to the list that I've got for what guys can do is just have some respect for yourself. If you've got no respect for yourself, how can you have respect for anyone else? How can you look at someone else and, and empathise with them and go, "I wonder if they've had a bad day at work, or they might have just got fired, or they, they broke up with their partner, or you know, the kids are playing up, or whatever it is." The same shit that everyone else is going through you're not the only one to then go out and then go, you wake up and you're in a bad mood or you don't like the way your hair looks today or whatever it is you can't go and take that out on other people that's what's a lot of the problem with some men i think yeah they're not happy with their own lives and so they take it out on other people 100%. so just take take that on board Stu. yeah yeah right. bad hair day yeah thanks chris yeah yeah, this is the first time you ain't brushed your hair with a fucking toffee apple for about three years because you've got <laughs> that still got a hat on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, so what's number one, man? Number one. Heads up, notice everything. You know, this encompasses pretty much everything you need to do in order to mm, walk home. Yeah. You have got to have your head up and look confident. So if you look confident, then people are going to view you differently. So if you look, if you try and skulk away, high, try and look meek, try and look a little bit timid, it's not going to work. You're looking like a victim. You're advertising mm. the fact that you're a victim. You're advertising the fact that you're, you're, you're vulnerable to attack. Don't be you on look the... like an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. And, and don't be on the phone or, you know, or any of the other things that you might have, you know, get your iPad out to, to find about. You're advertising the fact that you've got these things that people want to steal. And at three o'clock in the morning, the opportunity is going to be looking for things like that. Someone who's looking to attack you is looking for the weakest member of society. If you look like you're going to kick off and scream and shout and put up a fuss and all the rest of it, these people are cowards at the end of the day. The, 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 yeah. the men who attack men and women are cowards. 
Yeah, when anyone says. And so they're looking for the weakest members of society. Don't make yourself look like that. So a lot of people, again, have said to me that when they walk home, what they would do is they pretend to be on the phone. I don't, I don't agree with that. If you're pretending to be on the phone, again, you've covered one of your ears with the phone, whether you're on the phone or not. Number two, you're showing people what you have. Oh, there's the phone. Mm. Just walk past and just rob it out of their, out of their hand. Mm. Easy. Um, and you're taking away the, your ability to be aware of the situation. And again, like I said with number five, it's, it's just, you, you can't, things like someone suggested, I think it was today, a friend of mine suggested, oh, what if I, I was on a video call? If I video call one of my friends, if I'm walking home. Like, yeah, but that's not recorded. Well, how's that going to help? And again, you're distracted. In the moment, yeah. you're distracted by the fact that there's a video call. You're talking to another person. You're not paying attention to. I mean, it goes back to the basics of what do you, what do you teach kids? What did, what did they teach, you know, us when we were at school about out across the road? Stop, look, listen. You've got to do all three things. And the same is with everyone's safety is you have to look and listen. You have to actively listen to what is going on around you and actively take in what your eyes are telling you. You know, oh, the kebab shop looks like it's about to have a punch up on crossing the road. You know, have your head up and look confident constantly. This whole shrinking around and, you know, hiding your phone in your jacket, your headphones on and pretending that the rest of the world doesn't exist doesn't work. Just doesn't work. I, I think what you said, Si, about, you know, it's a bit like the Billy Goat's gruff, isn't it? Like someone who's these people are cowards, mm. um, and but they're they, they're they're looking for the easiest um, route to whatever they want, and it doesn't matter about your size. If you're projecting confidence, they're gonna they're gonna be like, I'll wait, I'll wait for the next one. Mm. Sadly, and that's a real that's really sad. But the less opportunity that we give people to feel like you can be preyed upon yeah. and yeah so I, I i guess like presenting that confidence they're gonna think oh fuck it no, not not that person they're gonna they're gonna give me hell yeah and you, you might not so, necessarily yeah. feel that confidence but again it's that yeah. fake it till you make it you might you might not feel that yeah. confidence but they don't know that and then as yeah. time goes on you will feel more confident you know and it's the same as i've, I've always taught my daughters it's, you know i've taught my daughters all with this and my son but you know, mainly, mainly the girls, of this is what you do. You know, you keep yourself to yourself. That's fine. You know, you're not going out there looking for trouble, um, but you're aware of everything that's going on, you know, and they are, especially my eldest, but, you know, they definitely are. And so going back to what we were saying about the clubbing thing, is I'd be, I'd be relatively okay with them going out to clubs, knowing that, a, they're sensible kids, uh, but also B, they're very, very aware. Now, I w in, in a different situation, I don't think I'd handle it very well. It would be a case of, mm. no, 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 you know, I'm not going to go to Fritz with you and keep you in the basement, but, you, you know, <laughs> you, you can go out to a club, but, you know, dad's going to be stood there like a bouncer, like a, you know, close protection officer or whatever, just stood there ruining your night, basically. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it is, it is a weird one, and also just to sort of touch on that, you know, head up, you know, look, listen, like doing what you do and and, and working in what you work in. 
do you find that sometimes it's all encompassing? Because I can be out and the people I'm with will be like, hello, hello, I'm talking to you. And I'm looking over their shoulder. I'm, you know, and I'm I'm not going to sit there because I don't want to have my back to the door. I don't want to have my back to anyone. So I want to sit over there and like, <laughs> and just stupid things that just through, I guess a, a big part of my job is just to try and, and I, and I make clear, I'm, I'm not, a doorman or anything like that. I'm just a, a you know, a licensee. But you know, I I try and limit any kind of situations arising before they arise. You know, yeah. so the doorman don't have to do anything. And so I find that I'm constantly just watching situations. Like, why are you? I'm just watching how many times that fella's been at the toilet, and it's like. Mm. Have a fucking night off. And You're like, making yourself sound like a fucking Robert De Niro in Casino right now. Well. Okay, that's rich. I'm watching Com- all the security you- cameras in the back. <laughs> uh, do you know what I'd be worried about if they come into my fucking casino? Mr. Tumnus that looks like he's been tangoed. <laughs> that's what I'd be worried about, mate. That's who it is. Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> oh, dear. But, yeah, I agree with you. It, it is tiring to to have this constantly going on in your head. I'll be honest, I said this to to loads of my friends, it does make me the most socially awkward person ever. (laughs) Because Mm. as far as I'm concerned, my job is to look after everyone. Now, if I'm out in a, a, just having a coffee, not my coffee shop or not, you know, one that a friend of mine owns, normal, whatever, I have to walk in there, look at who's working, look at who's sat there, the types of people they are, how many groups they are, where the exit is, where the toilet is, what table I'm going to sit at, and then I've got to sit in the corner because I have to face out and face a certain way. And if I don't like it, I turn around and walk out. If there's a queue you, that I'm going to be in there for, I reckon, probably more than four or five minutes, I'll leave and go somewhere else because, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, I'm vulnerable sat and stood in the queue because I'm surrounded by everything. But it makes me to the point where if I'm having a conversation with, with, with a friend, I was having a conversation with a friend at Sequoia, and um, I'm out the front, and they're inside, over the glass barrier thing. And I'm having a conversation. But I don't look at people necessarily when I have conversations. My eyes flick everywhere, so I'm looking at that table over there, or I'm looking at someone who's just walking past. And I think it was one of the local crackheads that was walking past. So I'm facing square onto the person I'm talking to, and I just turn my body that way because I saw them coming. And they, nothing happened. They walked past, and I turned, my, turned back. And I said to them, we were having this conversation about this exact subject, about safety and everything else. I said, but did you see what I did there? I had to turn and he was coming. They said, we didn't even see anyone coming. So they hadn't even noticed the person walking past. And yet my brain's kicking over going, oh, I've got to notice this one. I've got to notice that one. Just, you think you've done nothing all day and then all of a sudden you're tired. Why? Your brain's going constantly. And I reckon most of the time people are watching people like you, Chris. <laughs> the thing is, Si, once you get to once you get to seventh, Dan, you won't it's so natural this stuff, it won't oh, tire yeah, you out. He's got confident there, isn't he? <laughs> once you're seventh Dan, mate, I I, I just oh, You I keep know writing everyone, them checks, Chris. Listen, keep writing I'm them checks. Taking self defence lessons from Bill and Ben's weird cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I know where everyone is in the world. 
now. So oh. but that's that's uh, it'll come to you, mate. Don't worry. Just keep just keep training hard, man. Yeah, uh, it'll come to you. Yeah, I'll, Nothing's going to give me more joy than having my phone in my hand and having you in your fucking ill-fitting gi telling Simon how to do what he does. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't fucking wait. Our Patreon subscriptions are going to go through the roof oh, when that video gets posted. Oh. Well, 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 talking about Patreon, we're going to record another podcast um, side with you, aren't we, this week, and we're going yeah. to do uh, a common uh, uh, thing that we both love, which is disappearing down the YouTube hole, um, looking at how stupid... Uh, Steven Seagal is yeah and we're going to do top five stories about Steven Seagal because that that guy is an absolute fool so uh, if you're a patron yeah yeah yeah. if you're a patron you'll get to check that out Um, yeah come over patreon.com forward slash hardcore listing and um, uh, sorry it's it's been I've learned a few bits and pieces there mate about um, my own conduct and um, other things that you said in terms of um, being alert when out uh, for women as well. So thanks, man. It's, it's nah, been thanks. a lot of fun. No, nah, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, mate, a- absolute pleasure. Um, any of the other listeners have got any um, advice for Chris's conduct, um, just uh, contact us via the socials. Um, Sorry, in regards to uh, Summer Academy, if people want to find out more about it, where's the, the, the best place to go and do that? Uh, probably message on um, uh, Instagram, Summer underscore Academy. Um, or I've got the website, which is uh, sama-academy.co.uk. Um, but if you wanted to actually message me, then uh, just send us a message on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but I'll be honest. I, a, I don't go on it, and B, I don't even know what, what my thing is on it. Not yeah, on. we can say the same for Facebook. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and so what we'll do, obviously, when this episode's out... Um, you know, if you found it via Instagram and uh, or, or you're struggling to find Summer Academy, go on the Hardcore Listing um, Instagram. We'll tag Si in, uh, in, in all the posts to do with this episode. So it's been an absolute pleasure, mate, and look Thanks, forward James. to chatting all things to go with you soon, man. Yeah, yeah man. brilliant. Thanks, James. Cheers, mate. Cheers, yeah. brother. All right, bye. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.